0: You're listening to The Hungry Soul with Rachel Foy, covering all topics from spirituality, mindset work, beliefs, relationships, food, body image, business, money, self-expression, and more. Helping you become a soul-fed woman. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to episode 43 of the Hungry Soul Podcast with myself, Rachel Foy. How are you doing? Happy November. So we've had um, bonfire night here in the UK a few days ago, and um, it was so funny, actually, because both of my children have been so excited for, like, weeks to see the fireworks And what happened is bonfire night arrived and my daughter refused to go outside. She was like, no, it's too noisy. Uh, My son stayed out for a whole like two minutes and then came inside because it was too cold. So it just made me giggle how sometimes our expectations don't always become our reality. Now, if you've been listening to the show for a little while, you will know that I've been talking about the Soul Freedom Sisterhood, which is my six-month experience of support, alliance, reconnecting, and truth-telling. And as I sit here recording this for you, it's the beginning of November, as I've said, and applications have reopened again for the next sisterhood starting in January 2018. Now, the Soul Freedom Sisterhood is for those women who are fed up of feeling how they do. They feel exhausted, burnt out, they are swimming in a constancy of to-do lists, and actually what they're really craving is more fun, more time, more balance, more ease, more support, and they have a desire for a spiritual development in whatever way that might kind of look to them. So the Soul Freedom Sisterhood is for you if you have reached a level of success but you aren't happy and you can't quite put your finger on why, you're feeling exhausted and burnt out most of the time, You find yourself questioning, what are you even doing this for? You can't remember the last time that you felt relaxed in your body because your head's just constantly busy, busy, busy. You've got no time or space for you because you're too overstretched and overwhelmed. And you really want to believe that there's an easier and more fun way of doing things. But you can't see what that would look like. Now if that sounds like you gorgeous, I want to direct you over to soulfedwoman.com forward slash sisterhood where you can read all about what this experience entails, what it looks like and if that really resonates with you and you want to find out more, then arrange a call with me, and you and I can just have a really informal chat about where you are, what you're wanting to kind of change within your world right now. And if it's a suitable thing for you, then maybe the Soul Freedom Sisterhood is something that you can join with us in January 2018. Now, as I'm recording this, there are a maximum of 10 places. Three of them have already been taken. So I know that this is gonna feel fast, So I don't want you to miss out if this is something that your soul is also craving for. So once again, there's that web address. It's soulfedwoman.com forward slash sisterhood. And you can find all the information on there. Right then. So let's move on to today's lovely guest here on the Hungry Soul podcast. And the guest that I have for you is known as the Modern Day Shaman, and her name is Sarah Negus. And I met Sarah, along with most of my guests, to be honest, in the um, crazy world of Facebook one day. We connected, we had a chat, and I was inspired by the work that she's doing. And actually, that's what her passion is. She's here to inspire and empower other people. Now, modern-day shamanism is the marrying of traditional shamanism and modern psychology. It's very unique to what Sarah does, and it's really an expression of everything that she's learned over the many, many years that she's been doing this. And it helps to bring her clients to a place of self-mastery, which is all about mastering yourself to understand your triggers, your emotions, your thoughts, and your behaviors, and accepting how you learnt them and where they came from and how they've become so connected to you and your energy allowing you to then become a master of all that you are. So this is a wonderful conversation that I had with Sarah. We talk a little bit about the modern day shaman, about um, shamanic healing, but we really kind of delve into how this is applicable for every single one of us, when we're trying to seek our truth and tune into our intuition and and actually what we can start doing to become more soul-fed women. So here she is, the lovely Sarah Negus. Enjoy the conversation. Right then, everybody. So she's here, the lovely Sarah. Good morning. Hello, Rachel. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. How are you doing today?
1: Yeah, I'm enjoying the day. It's lovely and sunny here for a change,
0: even though we're in the UK. Oh, I know. Well, I'm talking about the weather. (laughs) (laughs) Always, always conversations about the weather. It's probably the same for you. We've like literally got autumn this morning. It's like the leaves have changed overnight. It's amazing, incredible. Anyway, um, for anybody that's listening or watching right now, Sarah, that might not have yet discovered your incredible work out there, do you want to give yourself a quick introduction as to what do you do and what are you all about? Okay, Um,
1: I am the modern day shaman. Um, I'm a spiritual mentor and I help my clients discover and master their own unseen potential. Now, I do it in a little bit of a... A different way in that I focus very very much on shamanic journeying so I like to take my clients on a journey into their unconscious into the right side of their brain you know where where all of that magic happens to find out what they're hiding from usually their amazing selves and uh, that's what we do is we go inside we have a look in the shadows
0: and uh, we grow Amazing. And this is something that I know, because myself and Sarah, I've done a little bit of work with Sarah in the past, and she's amazing. Um, But shamanic journeying and sort of shamanic teachings, you've been doing this for such a long time, haven't you?
1: I have. um, I have been on my own spiritual journey fully, if you like, for about 20 years. I stepped into it when I was in my very early 30s, um, when I met my own spiritual teacher back then um, and she showed me why my life was so chaotic and i wasn't very well and all different things she she kind of helped me remember who i was which was uh well me but also someone that was able to teach how to harness your own intuitive gifts and i do that with a very strong shamanic energy with me
0: is this something that you um have always had a I want to say have a passion for like sometimes we stumble across things don't we and think oh this is really interesting but I have a feeling for you it's more than that like this is something that you've always perhaps been or had but you've just never known until 20 years ago
1: yeah exactly I mean when I was very small I, I do have memories of of being in the garden the garden was my sanctuary back then and I we had my, my parents weren't weren't great at looking after the outside um so our grass was always really tall and I would I remember going and sitting out there naked wow. um and I must have been before I was 10 um and sitting in the grass hiding in the grass and talking to the elementals to the 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 kind of little fairies and spirits in the garden but of course you go go in and you tell your mum (laughs) don't be so silly and of course that then gets buried and then as i as i got older i was always very good at looking beneath what was actually going on it didn't serve me very well when i was a child at school because i couldn't work out why people were saying one thing and doing one thing when actually they were feeling something else yeah so i I found i found it a very i I found that time to be very uncomfortable um, for me so i decided that i don't even know if it was a real decision i put it all behind me then okay um and when i left school i left school when i was 15 and i left school and went straight to work in the city you know I'm five foot three and I looked about 12 back then when I was 16 <laughs> and I went into this world of men. I remember going up to, to my first, for, for my first day in the job with, with stiletto heels on. <laughs> Gosh. Anyway, by the time I was 21, I'd had a breakdown, a, a physical and emotional breakdown. I had a quinsy and ended up in hospital. And that was the first time I actually thought, why can't you do what everyone else does? And the thing is that i, I can't I, I can't bury very well uh, in authenticity, mm. living without integrity, yeah. um, and I can't not use the shamanic energy because if I don't share that, what happens is it turns inside me and I become ill so'm this cha- I'm a channel where I teach it I, I, I use it for the good of others, um, and it's very much something is a passion it pushes me forwards and 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 ensures that I don't settle or get complacent because it's yeah. easy to do that you know oh this feels really comfy oh yeah I remember it's not my life is it to be comfortable <laughs> what can I do now so yeah. and, and it, it, it um
0: forever evolves me for anybody that's Perhaps not familiar Sarah with sort of shamanic journeying shamanic energy can you just give us a quick definition of actually what it is yeah i can so
1: shamanism um has been around they can track scientifically for about 30,000 years it yeah it's a way of being it's not really a re- it's not a religion what happens is it holds communities together um it has the belief system that we are more than this now we are also our past and we're also the future and we come together and it has an idea of a higher world which is the spiritual realms our middle world which is where we exist here and the lower world which is where we get all of the information that um, we store all of our information that we've forgotten yeah and a shaman um, Historically, was the leader of a of a particular culture or a village, in that he held that uh, collection of people's well being in his energy, and he would be the healer. He would be the the, the seer. He would be the one that they went to for uh, emotional advice, anything like this. And he would be able to see through the veil, so he could see them now. And he also could see their potential. He's able to see what others can't. Reason. Um, and the thing about shamanism is that it's not just pockets that are uh, like our language. You know, different areas have even if you go from from South London to North London, there's different ways of speaking. Yeah. Well, shamanism, it's not like that. It's, there's a common theme all the way across the world, wherever you find it, and and that common theme is. The the three levels of existence, um, being able to bring the past and the future closer into the now so that you move towards your potential, Um, an innate belief in our earth as our home and our mother, and also the understanding that we are spiritual beings. I love it. I can hear my son singing in the background. I, I think that might be adding something to this conversation.
0: <laughs> that's okay. We're keeping it real. This is a yes. conversation. and um, When I discovered actually shamanism probably about a decade ago, I don't think I actually shared this with you, but my first kind of experience with it was it just felt so normal. Like it felt very ancestral. It's like my body knew it, my mind knew it, yeah. my spirit knew it. And I think that's what I find really fascinating about the whole kind of shamanic energies it just kind of sits well with my with my soul if that makes sense
1: yeah I think the, the the thing is in the culture in in the indigenous cultures um you can't be a shaman unless you're born into it and I kind of have that a little bit you you, you the same um yeah, you're born to be a shaman but in the western world we don't have the initiations yeah that they have what we have is our Western world life, the illnesses that we have, the, the, the coming up against our own selves, you know, the, the trauma of losing all of our money, perhaps, and going, having to start again, all of these difficult challenges that we come up against, for me, I say that they are the initiations into the shamanic way, it's where you understand that you're more than the outside world and and you have all the resources that you really need within you. And you start to listen to your own inner guidance and your intuition. Um, and that's why I call myself the modern day shaman, because I don't drum a drum and I don't shake a rattle. Yeah. I might use a smudge stick every now and again, and definitely (laughs) use the fire (laughs) fire ceremonies. Um, but I think that there are so many of us in our Western culture, that have shamanic energy mm. don't use it yet and when they do, am i right so, in assuming go on sorry, sorry.
0: i was going to say am i right in assuming And you just mentioned it then about kind of intuition is quite a big part of this isn't it it's about really tuning into our truth and actually having that knowing that we know that we know that we know so yeah. what, what's been your experience for yourself because i'm guessing that you've not always had that belief to do with your intuition and you've had to learn it and evolve it as we all often have to sometimes.
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. I've always had that knowing within me, but usually, um, what comes, what had before I started to work this way, I would always doubt it. And then what would happen would go, I would go, Oh gosh, I knew that was going to happen. Ah, and you know the voice inside your mind that that says go on go on go on go on you can you can you can you can that's her but we go no i can't yeah friday before doesn't work my my mum said so and so my dad said so and so and look what happened then i fell over and we just cl- close it all down based on based on our own experience of the past whereas actually probably those experiences back then are the things that the hurdles that
0: we had to jump over to get here where Mm. we can
1: we can we can we can we can
0: you know and this and this is this something that for you because i'm always intrigued when i interview people on the show like what their journey has been so far so you said that you were I've had memories of being quite intuitive, but you never really trusted it. So what changed for you? How did you start to believe and listen and really trust those little whispers within you?
1: Uh, I, I completely ignored the whispers for a long time, which is why I got really ill. So age 21, I had this quinsy, which is an abscess in your throat mm-hmm. um, and had a near-death experience. So I look, was looking down on my body from the top of the uh, hospital room thinking oh that's me down there consciously I was, I was I was aware of it and then after that I carried on with my life I got married um carried on doing all the things that you think you should be doing I had five car crashes wow I wasn't the driver don't worry if you see me on the road I wasn't the driver <laughs> but they affected me um physically and what happened was my body got closed down and more closed down more closed down i was suffering with migraines all the time and depression for a long time and then i got bowel cancer now these are the things and i kept going to the doctor saying what's the matter with me why i'm not even 30 come on please someone help me and wow. these were the things that made me look at different ways of being because obviously i was doing something wrong mm-hmm. why was i in this state And what I was doing wrong was I was being disingenuous to who I was. I was, I was living in a gilded palace. That was a prison really. Yeah. And it was these shouts. My body was screaming at me, not whispering. And it was only when it was so bad that I actually stopped and thought, okay, was there something here? Yeah. (laughs) And that's when I I I started to think, okay, well, there there must be someone who can help me. And that's when I randomly met Viv, who became my spiritual teacher. And it was only when I started to look into my own spiritual self and what what I believed really about me that I started to get better. And as I started to get better, I then understood that I had, we used to call them magic hands. So that's how it began is that my hands would, would work on people and they would go "Oh my god and i i've had quite miraculous healings with with people um, and then from there i needed to heal my own body which i did through pilates and rehabilitation and more personal development more personal development more psychological discoveries yeah. um, to the point where i found that it was my voice and my language and my curiosity, and my intention, and my ability to travel in energy that help people most.
0: Mm. So it was actually you stepping into that place of your truth and then being comfortable with speaking that truth is actually how you broke out of that that destructive cycle that you've been in.
1: You know, and I, I often say to people, what did you used to love doing when you were at school? and or high school well i used to love literature and mythology and i used to love biology these three things so i'm now often working with people within their physical body cuz even if they're only looking f- if they feel stuck there'll be something in their body that's telling them they're stuck yeah i work with mythology a lot Greek mythology, ancient Egypt, even further back than that, Atlantis and Lemuria and and all of these lovely things that we don't know are true and we have to trust about. Yeah. And I write all of the time. So there's the literature. And honestly, back there, back then when I was a child, I would never have ever put these things together to make anything... That anyone could understand, and here I am doing all those three things that I used to love. Amazing! Mm. Kind of your
0: your soul has come full circle. Actually, yes. it's full circles. I know she was there always. You just yes. temporarily detached from her a little bit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'm intrigued because this podcast is called the Hungry Soul, and mm. it's um, it's something that I I also work quite a lot with in terms of people's symptoms that manifest as this hungry soul. Mm. So. For you specifically, what have you learned yourself now about actually listening to yourself and feeding your own soul hungers? Because I'm guessing that you've had some quite important lessons along the way. Um, How do I feed myself now? Well, yeah, how do you feed yourself? And also why has it become so important to you?
1: Okay, so my own way of, uh, I call it resourcing myself, is to sit in my silence mm-hmm. um, and to journey myself because I can read a lot of things from other people. I can go into fantasy worlds of, of fiction, but the best place that I know to resource myself is in my own energy mm-hmm. with my spiritual connection. So I spend quite a lot of time in my own silence um I like to walk outside a lot. I've got two dogs and um going into the woods and perhaps sitting and, and having a little chat with the elementals and talking to the to the tree spirits is something that I find information comes through to me. Travel as well is something. Um wherever I go I always find a new energy and mm. then I'll go and explore that. Um, having, having gone and done a lot of learning, I always get to the place where I think, okay, well, I've just got to get through this to get the certificate. Yeah. Because although the information is very useful, how I, uh, how I use it in my own work and my own life is never how it's been taught to me so i take little pieces and then i sit with myself and i ask i ask to hear how to translate that into something that
0: i can use
1: fully for others
0: that's really interesting so again you kind of going into that place of giving yourself permission to do it your way like to be your truth again
1: yeah it doesn't honestly it doesn't work for me in any other way Mm. um and I think that probably you know there's no new information really. Yeah. It's in the delivery. And we are all we all re- can remember everything. We haven't got to learn it, really. Yeah. Um and it, it's just that, that unraveling of, of of the layers of things that you've put over yourself to forget who you really are and you really are amazing.
0: Just imagine if everybody walking around actually believed that, like how incredible the world would be. Exactly. And even more than that,
1: not only are you amazing, you're all connected to everybody else who's amazing. Mm. Now, I think that that feeling of connection is something uh, that is lacking still. Still. And that's why we have such trouble
0: yeah kind of connection to well it's everything isn't it connection to mm. ourselves to others to higher sources to our truth it's mm. yeah connection is a big powerful word when you think about. yeah it. and that's what shamanism is all about
1: mm. is that we are all connected to our planet to our skies to each other so for everything that you do you're making an impact on the lives of everybody else around you and i really like that and the more i can get that message out to people to the world to people who are listening today women i think yeah really um the more good will come from from that Um, i'm not imagining that it's going to be a big time a big explosion of everyone coming together but i think that it will be this ripple effect Yeah.
0: And as they say, you know, change starts with each and every one of us, doesn't it? It's being aware of ourself, our energy, our reactions, our actions, and that impacts everything anyway. Yes, absolutely. Good place to start. So I want to ask you, Sarah, what does it mean for you to be a soul-fed woman?
1: Oh, soul-fed woman. I've not thought of myself in that way before, but okay. <laughs> Um, it is a way of being, I can't be anything else. And, and the times where I find myself getting pulled into the outside world, into outside situations or material wants, oh gosh, I, I feel myself falling down and, um, I often have to, have to, excuse me, I need to leave. And and then I gather myself. Um, I suppose it's about self-responsibility. Mm feeding my soul means making sure that i am the captain of my ship the master of my life the the creator of the things that comes towards me um and it's really
0: important that 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 i maintain that i love that i think you're one of the only guests i've had who's mentioned self-responsibility and that's huge isn't it yeah responsibility for us yeah yeah well it gives us such personal power
1: Mm. i mean all of the time so and so makes me feel no one can make you feel anyway yeah you feel it already and they're just showing you the mirror and the minute you turn it to okay well i'm feeling this thank you for showing me that because i hadn't seen it in myself for a while your power is here it's not with the person that you're blaming for making you feel a certain way or anything so I really like self-responsibility as a way of being it's not something that I manage 90 not 100% of the time I'm a human but it's where I always come back to
0: mm. and how can I ask how you do that so people listening might be curious as in well what do I do if I start being aware that I'm not taking responsibility for like my emotions, such as the example that you gave, how do you do it? So how do you bring yourself back to that place for you?
1: Uh, Well, as I said earlier in our, in our conversation is that I, I sit in my stillness. I will bring the vision of the situation that uh, has triggered me. The trigger is the hook that takes you down into the parts of yourself that you have hidden, your shadow, um, and I work out what the trigger was. What was the what, what what made what what got me to this place? And from there, I can track the behaviour that I had encapsulated when I was younger. It's always down to when you were small, when you were vulnerable. You know, um, I call it throwing my toys out of the pram because you know children do that because they have no other way of communicating. They don't know how to articulate their emotions, um, and often have poor role models too because their parents are still behaving in that childlike manner. Um, And and then I think, okay, well, that's a trigger. When has that happened before? Mm. Track it, track it, track it, track it. Okay, and then I'll ask to see where the original wound was. And then I'll come in as the observer, as the adult, and I'll mother myself. Mm. So I always think, okay, if my... I don't have a daughter, but if I, have a, I have nieces. So I, if my niece was coming to me and telling me this, how would I advise her? What would I tell her as her mother aunt? And it's always something different than what I've got going on in my head because my, my mind chatter around the situation is <laughs> something along those lines that reminds me of the school playground usually. So I have to come out and around and look down. We've got all of the answers that we need within us. We've just buried them. And it's often easier to stay stuck in a behavior pattern that we're used to
0: because we're afraid of change. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I think sometimes when we get ourselves into these patterns, particularly like victim mentality, Mm. I see a lot of victim energy in like the, the women that I tend to work with, as I'm sure you possibly do as well. Can you explain why that would be the case? So why would we keep going around in this Like, Let's use victim energy as an example. Why do we prefer to stay there, even though it's uncomfortable, than actually let it go? Mm.
1: So, as I said, our unconscious holds so much information about us. And the the victim energy is one of the archetypes that we all, as, as a collective, have. And it is very easy to sink into that because you don't have to take, self, to take responsibility for anything if you're victim. It's always somebody else's problem. And that chunked back comes to actually feeling worthy of being loved. And if there is an unconscious limiting belief that you are not worthy of love And I see this often, like a lot. Mm. You will be self-perpetuating the pattern that you learned, proving that that's right. Yeah. So, for instance, somebody who is in a relationship where they're not heard or really loved, but they stay in it because it's security they don't feel worthy of anything other than this. And it's probably a reflection of one of their parents, something that will be reminding them. And instead of taking responsibility and saying, I'm not going to have this anymore. They actually haven't got that within them yet because they haven't found that place of, I am enough. I am worthy of love. Mm. So it's much easier to stay in this place where they feel unloved because that's all they know
0: yeah and these these kind of like changes um as you said like the shadow work the inner child work which is some of the stuff i know i did with you a little while ago um it is life-changing I know kind of Mm. throwing that statement out there but it is because when we start to feed ourselves on a soul level and we start to let Mm. go and kind of get rid of all these obstacles that hold us back from our truth a whole new world light just appears doesn't it and it's it's incredible yeah so if you if if
1: you can imagine rachel um just it doesn't even have to be hugely terrifying awful childhood i'm not talking here about deep abuse post-traumatic stress or anything like that I'm talking about a child that didn't have the parenting it needed because the parents were doing their best not knowing because they couldn't be in the baby the child what the child needed so this is not anything dysfunctional here really it's just the wounds that are we we get when we're a child where we believe that we're not worthy of anything because mummy didn't listen on that day and daddy didn't come and watch me play football or so that means I'm not worth it. Or mum and dad broke up mm. and that was because of me. You know, all of these things unconsciously go in to prove that you're not worth anything. So then you put excuses in your all, you, you have all of this mind chatter, and all of these excuses why you can't be amazing.
0: Yeah. And actually a lot of this mind chatter, we're probably not even aware of it, are we? Like we're not no. consciously talking to ourselves going, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. It's so deeply ingrained. And I want to show you something because
1: I don't want people out there to think that I'm perfect, although I'm a Virgo, so sometimes I am. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, guys, this kind of idea of mind chatter goes on and on and on. And every time you hit a new ceiling in terms of expanding your life, where is mine, because I was just working on it this morning, you come up, up against yourself now you can see here i think mm. black writing and red writing yeah the black writing is my mind chatter okay. and the red writing is me turning that negative thought pattern around and i do this whenever i'm pushing my boundaries i, I get uncomfortable with myself a lot it's part of a sole intention of mine is that I have to because otherwise I get ill. So every time I get to the place where I feel very comfortable, I'm like pushing myself to my next, to my next step. I want to take action to, to being something more. And then all of this comes in my head. Yes. And the best thing for me to do, and I would say everyone, is to write it out and then turn it around because it just lies. Just lies. <laughs>
0: oh yes let's (laughs) say that again it's just lies it's not you it's not your truth it's no no yeah lies yeah and
1: I like the idea of the different colour
0: pens so I write
1: all of this stuff down and I then I have a little walk around and I sit with myself and I think okay so what is it really what am I afraid of oh my god I'm afraid of actually really doing what I said I'm gonna do yeah because then that means I've got to change again (gasps) oh And then when you come to the place where change is something that you em- uh, embrace, because change is inevitable. I mean, every single moment so far today, we've been changing as we've been chatting. We haven't mm-hmm. been afraid of that. Yeah. Change is good.
0: Change is good. It is. But as you just said, though, sometimes we get so scared of change, even though we consciously say we want it, mm. we then end up falling back into this cycle. And you actually answered my next question was, could you give some advice or suggestions on people watching or listening right now as to where they could start? And I love that example that you gave, write down your brain chatter, all the lies that you're telling yourself, and then start to choose a different truth.
1: Exactly, and uh, on, my, on my Facebook group today, I'm actually doing a twirl Tuesday where I'm inviting everyone to write down some of their mind jatter so that I can help them twirl it around into something very positive. Awesome.
0: Yes. So before we kind of wrap up, because actually we've come almost to the end already, And I know how much fun we've had just talking <laughs> about this. You're going to have to come back. I have got a final question that I'd like to ask you though, Sarah. So if you think about, all of those times in your past when you were not in your truth, your soul was hungry, you were not connected to, to who and where you are right now, if you went back, would you ever give yourself any advice? So, Is there anything that you would like your younger self to know back then? Yes.
1: You don't need permission to be you.
0: Wow, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. Wow. So many of us need to know that message, don't we? Yeah. There's people,
1: I mean, I I look for validation on every turn, but the validation was not anything real because I wasn't being me because I was afraid of me. Yeah. Um, And if someone back then, in fact, Vivian did, she gave me permission to be myself with her. It took a while before I was there outside of my environment with her. Mm-hmm. That's what I offer people is, is, okay, well, I see who you really are, guys.
0: Now it's your time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Um, do you want to direct us to your website? Where can we find you on the, oh, yeah. on the World Wide Web? Well, I have a website, which is
1: www.sarahnegas.com dot com or one word or you can find me on facebook um sarah Negus is my business page and i have a facebook group called expand your energy expand your impact and i'm on linkedin and pinterest as well
0: Awesome. So if anybody that's actually watching this video on YouTube or on my website, Sarah's links are below this video. And if you're listening on iTunes, hop over to the, um, to the internet when you are finished and go and check Sarah out because she's doing awesome things in the world. And I'm so happy that, well, first of all, I stumbled across you, Divine Synchronicity. Yeah. I got to do a little bit of shamanic stuff with you and who knows, I think I might be back to do a bit more in, in the future. Oh, I do hope so. <laughs> 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 thank you so much for having a chat with us today sarah have a wonderful day and who knows i might get you back on the show later to talk a bit more about shamanic energy because i find it fascinating
1: yeah i'd love that whenever awesome. you i'm I'm there whenever you ask
0: me yes fabulous wonderful thank you very much see you later bye, bye.